Hi, Linda. Hi, Serge. So you have a, a personal perspective on how to teach mindfulness that you're going to share today. Yes, I'm happy to do that. I have uh, heard from many of my trainees as well as um, you know, other friends and people who have crossed my path that um, they find becoming mindful a challenging process and uh, meditation a, a, a challenging process. And in the field of psychodrama, uh, which is basically um, a modality that uses action, um, we have a way of teaching mindfulness in action, and I'd like to share that with the audience today, um, with anyone who's interested in, in teaching mindfulness. And I think secondarily, it may be of benefit to those who are trying to learn to practice mindfulness. Okay, so, so we're going to be talking about experiencing um, mindfulness in action. Correct. And so um, just to uh, kind of get us all on the same page, more or less, um, I just wanted to talk about what we would say psychodramatically, we, we would call it the mindful witness role, because we talk about roles in psychodrama. And so the mindful witness role is the part of us that... Um, is able to observe with compassion and without judgment um, our thoughts, our feelings, what we might call our act hungers, and um, just let us observe that, mm-hmm. uh, not asking any questions about why or do I like this or anything like that, but just basically observing and being uh, what I would call an accurate reporter. Okay, so, uh, the so part we're... Of us we're, we're really clear, current, and accurate data. Sorry, I wanted to just uh, slow down a little bit. So we're we're talking about something where we're going to be going into a sense of uh, paying attention to parts within ourselves, uh, roles, and uh, specifically the role of that mindful observer. Yes, exactly. I like to call it the mindful witness role. And um, in psychology, it's called the observing ego role. But I really prefer the mindful witness. It has more of a transpersonal flavor to it, which is really in alignment with my practice as a as a yogi. So I like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of, kind of blends my practice as a yogi with my practice as a psychodramatist. Yeah, yeah. So so mindful witness role, and there is um, that quality that in a way we transcend uh, the notion of just small ego. In that role, uh, yes. we may access something that is a larger sense of consciousness. Exactly right. That's beautifully said. Thank you for that, Serge. So um, I'd like to proceed with um, how we do teach this in action. Um, and this is the way that I've come to teach it myself. And, of course, various psychodramatists may have... Uh, slightly different ways that they teach the role. But I like uh, to use something, a technique in psychodrama that we often use that's called concretizing, which is we take something that's not in the physical realm and we find something in the physical realm to represent that. So to kind of hold the energy of whatever that is. And I happen to have a very dear friend who's a landscape photographer and she takes beautiful pictures of nature. 
and she's made cards for me from those beautiful photographs. And I usually have a selection of those for people to choose from, and they can choose a card to hold the role of the mindful witness for them. And so it might be a card, for example, that is, um, it could be any card from nature, but right now I'm actually looking at one that has uh, a tree that's lost its branches in the forefront of the picture. There's a lake, and then there's kind of a beautiful wooded autumn forest behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be any picture from nature that would speak to someone about the part of the self that can take what I would call the bird's eye view of things, so, taking a step back. So, so when you said concretizing is really uh, at many different levels, because we're not, we're, this is not an abstract sense of um, of that role, but uh, having, for instance, an object, a picture that represents it, means that there is um, more of a visceral connection or more of an emotional connection with that. Exactly. That's exactly right, Serge. And so I will have them then spend a few moments with the card. And um, sometimes I, in a group, I may have them share why they picked that particular card with someone else. But if it's an individual thing, um, I may have them, in any case, uh, individual or group, place the card somewhere in the room where we say it holds the role. So they might put it on the wall or you know, place it on a ledge or on a table or anywhere in the room that speaks to them of where they know their witness role is going to be held for the duration of, let's say, the workshop that we may be doing. And then I will do what's called role reversing them into the witness role. So let's say we've been sitting around as a group, um, each person in his or her own chair in a circle. So I may have them take their chair from the circle, turn the chair to face the witness card wherever they have placed it, and then I will place them in the role of the witness. So they'll go and they'll pick up the card and hold the card. And when they do that, they have then stepped into the role of the mindful witness. Good. So again, here there is a, a sense of embodying that um, exactly. by separating, uh, you know, the the role with the card, yes. looking at it as something that's external, but then moving into the place where it is and holding it, so that then you have a sense of being in that role and embodying that role. Exactly right. And embodied is very uh, very important. And um, Dr. Moreno, who, who was the creator of psychodrama, was one of the uh, very first of um, practitioners to really include the body in work. And so that's a very important piece is that our mindful witness is an embodied mindful witness and at the same time is connected to what I would call that higher self um, of the person who is able to be connected more to the transpersonal as well. So that's a very important piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the next thing would be um, as the person is role reversed into their mindful witness, I would say to the person, uh, so you are, and of course now they're in the role of their mindful witness, I might say, so 
you are uh, Serge's mindful witness. And there is Serge sitting in the chair over there. Mm -hmm. And you're able, because you have been with Serge a very long time, able to notice with compassion and without judgment what Serge is thinking, feeling, any act hunger Serge may have at this time. So just take a look at Serge in the chair and speak to Serge. Let's just let Serge hear from you, his mindful witness, what he might be thinking or feeling or noticing that's a very important part of the meaning of this workshop today and maybe what Serge would like to take away from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so here we have uh, three people. There's you as the workshop leader, um, right. but also in a way as the voice uh, that's going to be facilitating the process that conceivably could also be a role that, uh, you know, the person can take themselves. Right. Um, there's the role of the mindful witness that you are speaking to. And yes. uh, this mindful witness is, um, you know, has a very clear connection to the person, Serge, or whoever that person is, so that right. um, can address uh, what's happening with the person uh, from that role of mindful witness as opposed to being caught in the drama and intricacies of living life. Exactly right. And so if we were doing this, uh, teaching this to someone just individually, they would be speaking to themselves in the empty chair. But if we wanted to do so in a group, we could have the person choose another group member to hold the role of himself or herself um, in the empty chair while he or she stepped into the role of the mindful witness. So there's a couple of ways to do it. You know, if you have a group, you can use your group members. And if you don't have a group and you're just working uh, by yourself or with one other person, you can use the empty chair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the important thing is to really what we would call role train the person in the role of the mindful witness. So the more someone gets to practice being in a particular role, the more the role becomes familiar and uh, the more skilled one becomes in that particular role. So I, as the director, might interview the person while he or she is in the role of the mindful witness. So, for example, let's say um, the person said, well, Serge, I see that you're very curious about what's going to happen in the workshop today. And um, I, might, I might follow that up with a question to the mindful witness about, mindful witness, um, do you have a sense, can you observe what Serge is particularly curious about? Um, I'm wondering if you're observing any um, anxieties or any excitements about those curiosities. And then I would just, you know, give that, I love your phrase, the act of pause, and um, then let the person say from the mindful witness role um, what else he or she may notice about what's going on internally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, essentially, um, you 
as the as the leader, as a facilitator. Yes, uh, I'm called the director in psychodrama. Yes. Yeah, you're you're facilitating, you're mentoring uh, yes. the uh, mindful witness um, yes. to uh, to get more into that role of mindful witness by making it's, suggestions of what to pay attention to and how to pay attention to it. Exactly right. And then I might um, do something uh, like role reverse again, which would mean I would put the person back in his or her chair in the group and then say to him or her in that role, is there anything you want to ask of your mindful witness, something that may be of help to you today during the workshop? Mm -hmm. And so the person may ask a particular question, and then I would immediately role reverse him or her back into the mindful witness role so that he or she answers his or her own question from the role of the mindful witness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this role reversal back and forth then begins to really install, if you will, the, um, the very deep connection between the self that kind of operates out in the larger physical world, and the mindful witness that can always be present and observing and can be of help, um, you know, as needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really, yeah. to how we um, would approach role training uh, someone to develop their mindful witness. And then if it were someone I was working with on an ongoing basis, you know, I might give them... Um, their card to take home and, you know, have them practice the role at home. You know, I might say, you know, if you know that you have, um, you know, something coming up that's, um, that's something that sort of unsettles your state of homeostasis, you know, try putting yourself in the role of your witness and, you know, role reversing, put an empty chair out for yourself and roll reverse back and forth, and I would have them practice that at home and then maybe do some journaling about it, um, you know, between the time I had last seen them and the time that um, I would see them after they practiced at home. And, you know, we could then have the observer role, the mindful witness role, um, kind of give a soliloquy, if you will, um, having observed the whole process that occurred during the week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, doing that and incorporating the practice and incorporating the journaling and then having the witness kind of be the reporter, the good journalist, if you would, um, at the end of the practice period um, is a way to keep deepening the connection between the part of the self that is the mindful witness and the part of the self that just operates on a more regular kind of day-to-day, um, you know, in in the moment uh, process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's a it's a very uh, simple, very elegant uh, approach. Uh, and the logic is that um, in everyday life um, we just operate, and yes. much of it can be done on automatic pilot. And you said it. And uh, and mindfulness is about the ability to interrupt the automatic pilot in order to see possibilities. 
Yes. And what you're doing is essentially training the person to be able to shift between the operating capacity, the functioning in life, but also the mindful part that's going to be a mindful witness and to have a dialogue between the operating and the mindful witness. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's beautifully said, Serge. Thank you for that beautiful summary. Thank you. Because I think, uh, you know, it's very... um, it's a very easy thing to get mm-hmm. caught up into kind of the standard operating modality of how we go through life uh, from one thing to the other. And doing this uh, process really teaches us to be grounded and aware so that um, we can observe what's going on both within ourselves, our thoughts and our feelings and our body sensations um, without making an evaluation of it, but just being present. And, um, you know, I've done um, a considerable amount of work um, with trauma survivors um, from my training in the therapeutic spiral model in particular of psychodrama, which is specific for trauma survivors. And this is actually one of the roles that we use in every single workshop that we do with trauma survivors we actually begin with training people to be in this role. And so as the work of the workshop progresses, if we notice that someone is losing their grounding, um, this is one of um, many things that we can do to help that person because we can immediately reverse them out of the action space, so to speak, into the role of the mindful witness where then they can take a step away from being in the action of the drama and settle back in to that mindful place, the place that's connected to the breath, and kind of be in the watcher role rather than in the doer role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes and so, sense? Yeah, and so um, you're describing a sense that there is a training effect and like in many other situations you start in a relatively simple situation but then uh, with some training it can be expanded to handle much more um, difficult situation where exactly right it's possible to step up it's been um, one of the most rewarding things um, to me as a psychodrama director um, to see how people who um, do come and, and learn this and, and other, you know, supporting techniques, then learn to do this, as you said earlier, for themselves. They get to kind of be their own director, if you will, um, so that they begin to notice then when they get clues from either their thought pattern or sensations in the body or emotions that they might be feeling that are going to perhaps um, move them out of um, what uh, Bessel van der Kolk and Dan Siegel call the window of tolerance, meaning our window where we're not either hypo or hyper aroused, but we have you know enough stimulation that we're able to you know function and go about daily life and you know make our decisions and so forth and so on, but we're not in fight or flight and we're not in freeze mm-hmm. and. But when people learn the mindful witness, they can observe in themselves when they feel like they're being pushed to the limits of their window of tolerance. 
And instead of feeling like they have no control and are just like kind of doomed to get into that spiral of fight or flight or the opposite end to just freeze, they can mindfully put themselves in the witness role and pay attention to their breath and then just notice and accurately label what's going on. Right. And that puts them into a much safer space um, and, you know, keeps them from feeling like they don't even have control over what's happening to them, you know, within their own body, mind, heart, and spirit. But that, in fact, the witness is a part of themselves as well. And so, therefore, they do have this very um, dependable uh, part of the self that can observe and label, but not get caught up in the drama of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's a very, very functional, simple um, definition of um, mindfulness in in everyday life that uh, consists in finding in ourselves um, that ability, that role, um, to be a mindful witness to our life and to be in dialogue with it uh, yes. and to cultivate that. That's right. That's right. That we're simply witnessing the sensations and thoughts and, and emotions that come up as we engage in our ordinary life and, um, and notice it. And I like to, um, sometimes instead of using cards, if I'm in a workshop, I might use, um, you know, stuffed animals or puppets. And, you know, sometimes uh, a person might choose, for an example, an eagle you know, to represent the part of the self that's the mindful witness that kind of has that bird's eye view that looks down and clearly sees everything but really isn't, you know, down in the rough and tumble of it, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many ways I've had uh, folks go home and actually do their own artwork, Um, you know, draw something or make a collage perhaps that um, they then can, you know, place somewhere um, wherever it's convenient for them that holds the role of the witness for them in their own environment. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a cue, like a visual cue that they can see. And it's a reminder of, oh, my witness. I can, my witness is here. My witness can help me out. And somehow being involved in the process of creating that concrete representation of the witness you know, helps to, um, I would say, improve the connection. You know, if we talk about, like, you know, how in technology sometimes we have a poor connection, um, but it helps to deepen and clarify the connection between the self that goes about daily life and the part of the self that is in that mindful witness role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so maybe if we... um find a conclusion to this conversation. Exactly. It might be something about um, encouraging people as a first step um, to find some kind of a concrete representation of what's going to evoke for you uh, that state, that role of mindful witness. And yes. It could be an object, it could be an animal, it could be a drawing, it could be a picture, but something that's going to speak to you uh, yes. And remind you of that mindful witness role. Yes. And then exactly. having having that that reminder 
to engage in the equivalent of, you know, conversation, role reversals that you were describing before, of having, uh, maybe entering into that mindful witness role to see the situation from outside the drama uh, and communicate with the actor uh, as it's happening. Exactly. Thank you for that very eloquent summary. That really sums it up beautifully. Thank you for that. Thanks, Linda. So welcome. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com. You know, helps to, um, I would say, improve the connection. You know, if we talk about, like, you know, how in technology sometimes we have a poor connection, um, but it helps to deepen and clarify the connection between the self that goes about daily life and the part of the self that is in that mindful witness role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so maybe if we... Um find a conclusion to this conversation. Exactly. It might be something about um, encouraging people as a first step um, to find some kind of a concrete representation of what's going to evoke for you uh, that state, that role of mindful witness. And yeah. It could be an object, it could be an animal, it could be a drawing, it could be a picture, but something that's going to speak to you uh, yes. And remind you of that mindful witness role. Yes. And then exactly. having having that that reminder uh, to engage in the equivalent of you know conversation role reversals that you were describing before of having uh, maybe entering into that mindful witness role to see the situation from outside the drama. Uh, and communicate with the actor uh, as it's happening. Exactly. Thank you for that very eloquent summary. That really sums it up beautifully. Thank you for that. Thanks, Linda. So welcome. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.